Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. So anyway, we entitled this this morning, I'm Coming Out. With the subtitle, Coming Out of the Enemy's Dominion. The enemy is constantly seeking... And he's constantly looking for some part of our life that he can have dominion in. And if you think because you're a believer that you're immune from that, sorry, that's not how it works. He doesn't stop looking for those places of dominion just because we give our hearts to the Lord. Now, some of you look like you believe me. The rest of you, just because you give your heart to the Lord does not mean the enemy stops seeking ways and means to have dominion in your life. If he can't corrupt us, then his goal is to render us ineffective. If he can't corrupt you, he'll do his best, level best, to keep you from being effective and effective disciple. He'll try to keep us bound in an area where we have granted him access, and we do grant him access. Even his believers will grant him access, will give him access. First Peter 5.8 says this. Let's look at it real quick. I got some scriptures down here. You know this one. What does it say? Be sober. Be vigilant. For the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, I didn't read anywhere in that verse where he said, if you're a Christian, he passes you by. Look at Revelation 12, 12. It says that the enemy is going about with great wrath because he knows his time is short. Now, you don't have to be, have a, a theological degree or a master's in divinity to realize the enemy is going about with great wrath because he knows his time is short. He is looking for places to find where he can dominate. That's his goal. His goal is domination. His goal is to dominate our lives in every way we let him have it. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that we're not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. We're not to be ignorant of his devices. Why? Because Satan is out to take advantage of us. James 4.6 or 4.7, again, you know this scripture. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Now, I want you to notice something about these scriptures. These scriptures, if you go back and look at them, they weren't written to sinners. I'm going to say it again. They weren't written to sinners. You go back and every one of these verses, they were written to the church. That ought to tell you something. 
That ought to tell you that the enemy is not going to stop coming after you just because you're sitting in the pew this morning. Not just because you have made the Lord your Savior. I mean, you've given your heart to the Lord. He is not going to quit coming after you. So I want to look at a story. This is such a great story. The Lord put the, actually started dealing with me about this story months ago. But it's a great example of what we're going to share this morning. And it's found in 1 Samuel 14. Now, this, this, this is a story about Saul's son, Jonathan. Man, this is a great story. I'm just going to read some in here in, in 1 Samuel 14. It says, Now it happened that when Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which was in Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. Ahazah, the son of Ahitab, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh was wearing an ephod, and the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Between the passes which Jonathan thought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one was Bozes, and the other name was Seneh. The front of one faced northward and toward Michmash, and the other southward toward Gibeah. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of the Philistines. These uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by few or by many. Amen. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here am I with you according to your heart. And then Jonathan said, Very well then, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and not go up. I'm going to skip down. We'll skip down to um, verse 13. And Jonathan climbed up with his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. As he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within a half an acre of land. And there was trembling in the camp, in the field, and among the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earthquake, so that it was a very quake, trim, great trembling. Now the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah Benjamin looked, and there was a multitude melting away, and they went here and there. We must stop reading there. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for your word. I am so grateful that we have your word. I'm so grateful, Lord, that you've given us the path. You've given us, you've given us the handbook. You've given us the way, Lord, to live not just lives that are surviving, but lives that are vibrant, lives that are victorious. Lord, we thank you this morning. I don't have to ask you to bless this word because you've already blessed it. I don't have to ask for your anointing because your anointing, Lord, 
is already here. And so we're just going to flow with you, Jesus, this morning. We're going to flow with you, Holy Spirit. And we ask all this. You get the glory. You get the honor this morning. Father, you hide me behind the cross so that all that is seen is you and nothing else. In Jesus' name, amen. Kind of a cool story here. You get the background of this story, and you go back into the 13th chapter, and this, this army that came against it was the, the Philistine army, there was a boatload of them. It says there were 3,000 chariots, and it says that there was that many horsemen, and then it said there were soldiers that were as many as the sand of the sea. That's, that's a bunch of people. Saul's army consisted of 600 men. And out of that 600 men, only two, have, two of them had swords. Saul and Jonathan, they were the only ones that had swords. Israel had, had been so dominated by the, by the Philistines that they had, to, they had to go up just to get their, their farm implements sharpened. They had to go to the, to the Philistines to get them sharpened. The enemy had gotten Israel into a place where they were in total dominion. They could not do anything without the Philistines' consent. They couldn't do anything without the enemy's consent. And so they, they, they were in this place of, of, of domination, dominion. And you know, like we said, there's God, the, the enemy's seeking to find places and keep you and I in dominion. Now listen, don't you think that I'm standing up here telling you that I don't fight this thing, that I haven't had things where the enemy has tried, and I've let him have dominion in my life. And trust me, he takes full advantage of it to keep you suppressed, to keep us suppressed, to keep us down to where we cannot function as a believer like we should. I read this, and in, in as we're facing the domination of the enemy, in this story, there, there's four attitudes or four mindsets that, that I saw here that you're going to respond. And, and as believers, we're going to respond to the dominion of the enemy. The first way is this. We will submit and let the enemy have total dominion. There were... And you read the story, and there were actually Israeli mercenaries that had left Israel and were fighting with the Philistines. Sometimes the dominion of the enemy gets so strong in us that we just throw our hands up and say, I can't do this. I'm going I'm, I'm to join. I'm just going to let him have his way. Another mindset was that we're going to withdraw and hide and just hope the enemy leaves us alone. Now, I know none of you have ever thought that way, but I have. And as you read the story again, you'll read where there were Israelites that were living in the caves and the rocks, hiding, just hoping the enemy would leave them alone. How many of us in the middle of fighting the enemy have thought that I'm just going to back off? I'm just going to back off into my little corner. I'm going to stay here. And, and maybe the enemy won't bother me. Then there's the other part of it. 
There was another attitude that said, I can figure this out myself. I can do this myself. And that was Saul. He's sitting back in the camp, and he's got everything, all of his ducks in a row. And he's trying to, he's got the priest, he's got the ephod, he's got everything he thinks he needs to get this figured out. And so he's, he's got this mindset. I can do this. I can figure this out. If I just have enough time, if I just get myself in the right place, I can figure out how to do this. Again, I know none of you have ever... Oh, come on, smile at me. <laughs> Some of the biggest spiritual train wrecks that I've ever gotten into in my life is because I thought I knew what to do and how to do it. And that I didn't need God and I didn't need the direction of the Holy Spirit. And it ended up in a total train wreck. And then there's the last attitude. It's an attitude that says, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to believe God for victory. And that was Jonathan. You got to get this picture. Jonathan, he's seeing all this stuff that's going on. And he's seeing the total domination of an entire nation by the enemy. I don't know how this happens. I don't know how... I don't know if he was laying down one night and sleeping, and he started thinking about Moses. And he started thinking about the children of Israel and how they came, how they came out of Egypt and the things God did. I don't know if he, if he started thinking about Deborah and Barak and how God delivered Israel through them. With hardly nothing. I don't know if he's thinking about Gideon. And how Gideon was kind of in the same boat. And how God went outside the box to deliver them. Or if he thought of Samson. I don't read anywhere in this scripture where it says that the spirit of the Lord came on Jonathan. And he decided to do this. You know what it was with Jonathan? He got sick and tired of being where he was at. Come on, you've got to get this. He was sick and tired of watching and being under the dominion of the enemy. He was not going to be satisfied to go one more day under the enemy's dominion. He was sick and tired of it while the mercenaries joined the Philistines, while others hid in the rocks in the caves, while Saul was back in camp in the defensive mode. Jonathan said, that's enough. And found himself in a moment of divine destiny. Oh, come on, you got to hear this this morning. There are times when the enemy, and you feel like you're under the, the dominion of the enemy, that you're going to get sick of where you were at. At that point, at that time right there, you are in a moment of divine destiny. It may not look like it. It may not seem like it. But you are in a, in a moment of divine destiny, just like Jonathan was. 
He hadn't created the circumstance. He hadn't asked for it. But he was going to do all he could to come out from the enemy's dominion or he was going to die trying. That's basically what his attitude was. He was tired of being passive. He was tired of being accommodating. He was tired of being tolerant. In one way or the other, this would end today. Uh, you're going to get revved up about this in a little bit here. Listen, we have to come to a place as believers where we get sick and tired of being tolerant, where we get sick and tired of accommodating everybody else, where we get sick and tired of being passive, and we start to stand up and say, nope, this ends today. This ends right now. <laughs> Devil, what you're doing in my life ends now. See, we get this idea that we have to stay under the enemy's dominion. Or we will have to wait to get direction from the Lord about what to do. That's what Saul was doing. It's important to get the Lord's direction on things. It is. We have to have his direction. But do you know that there are times when you don't need God's permission to act? And coming out from under the enemy's dominion is one of those times. You don't have to ask God's permission to come out from under the enemy's dominion. Because you've already gotten that. I'm talking to you as a believer this morning. You've already gotten his permission. When you gave your heart to Jesus and you gave your heart to the Lord, he said, all power I give to you. I give, I'm giving you all power over the enemy. There is nothing that he will be able to do against you. I'm for you. Glory to God. I thought about the prodigal son. The prodigal son didn't seek permission to leave the hog pen. Oh, come on, you got to hear me this morning. <laughs> you know the, the reason some people stay in their dominion? They're just not tired enough of the hog smell yet. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. They're just not tired enough of the pig smell. You ever, you ever been around a hog pen? That's not a good smell. I'm a farmer saying, that's, that's, that's the smell of money. I'm sorry. When I walk into Altana Credit Union, it don't smell like that. When I open my wallet, it don't smell like that. I thought of Samson. Samson didn't wait for God's permission to have the, get, the kid lead him to the pillars of the wall and bring down the pillars of the enemy and to destroy the enemy and come out from under the enemy's dominion. David, you read about him going into the camp and seeing that big dummy out there defying the armies of God. He didn't wait for permission to act. 
He didn't, he didn't say, well, we better have a prayer meeting, see what God wants us to do. What did he say? Who, who is this guy that he would defy the God of Israel? You see, we don't have to have God's permission to come out from under the dominion of the enemy. He's already provided it. He's already given it. Just as it was God's, not God's will for Israel to stay under the dominion of the Philistines, it is not his will for you to stay under the bondage of the enemy. Sorry you won't convince me of it. You can't convince me that God wants you to stay there. Why would you have that mindset? Well, I just, God's put this on me to... God's put this on me to keep me humble. Y'all listen to the wrong voice. Well, God's got me here because he's trying to teach me something. How many times have you heard it from this pulpit? God has not, he doesn't deal in evil. He's not the creator of evil. He doesn't do things that are evil or keep you in a situation that is pulling you down and keeping you from serving him like you should be serving him. You don't need God's permission. I was listening to a preacher, one of my favorite preachers, John Kilpatrick. He pastors uh, uh, in Daphne, Alabama, Church of His Presence. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Brownsville Revival, Pensacola, Florida. He was a pastor there. Man, he was preaching a message, and he's, he's the, you think Pastor Sean's bad. <laughs> this guy has been preaching the same uh, line of messages for six months. And it's about the mind and the battle of the mind. He said this one day, he was talking, and, and, and it was like, man, it made so much sense as he said this. And he was talking about this thing coming out from under the enemy's dominion. He said, when it comes to your life, there are three votes. There's God's vote. He votes for you. There's the enemy's vote, and he votes against you. And there's your vote, and your vote decides and makes the determination of where you're going to be. So you don't need God's permission. He's already voted for you. He just needs you to vote with him. So Jonathan was sick and tired of where he was at. Sick of it. And out of that, he made a decision, I'm not staying here. I'm coming out. I'm not staying here. I'm not going to live under the dominion of the enemy one day more. If I die, I die. But if I die, I'm going out swinging. <laughs> Listen, this is the attitude you've got to have with the enemy. Devil, I'm coming after you. And I may not make it all the way through, but if I go, I, it, <laughs> I shouldn't tell you this. When I was younger, I was raised, most of you know, I was raised in a pastor's home, but I was a knothead. As you can see, I'm not a very big guy. <laughs> but when I was out in the world, I wasn't afraid to fight. 
and I'd come up against some big boys, and I'd tell them, you may whip me, but when it's said and done, don't you think you're not coming out of this with some bumps and bruises? Don't you? I, I told one, I told guy one guy one time. He's a big old dude. And he, I said, "You may whip me." I said, "But I'll, I'm going to chew your leg off." <laughs> I may not be able to reach up and punch you in the face, but I'll chew your leg off. <laughs> Listen, this. <laughs> It's the kind of attitude we have to have with the enemy. For too long, we've been passive with him. For too long, we've accommodated him. For too long, we've been tolerant of his way in our life and just thought, well, this is how it has to be. No, it doesn't. Go read your word. You're more than a conqueror. Go read your word. If God is for you, who can be against you? <laughs> That's right. So the next step, well, Jonathan was sick of this. So the next step in, in, in coming out from, in, from under this dominion was that he engaged the enemy. You see, this is where most of us stop right there. We're sick of where we're at. We're sick of seeing the enemy. But we stop because we aren't willing to engage the enemy and say, you want you." If it's a fight you want, it's a fight you're going to get. After making the decision to change the circumstance to come out from under the bondage, the next step was to engage the enemy. He didn't wait for permission. He didn't care what Saul said. Notice it said he didn't even he didn't ask his dad if it was okay. He didn't go ask the priest if it was okay. He didn't care what anybody else's opinion was about this. He was going to engage the enemy, and he was going to come out of the bondage no matter what anyone else did, no matter what anyone else said. He could have went to his dad, and you know what his dad would have told him? Or he could have went to the priest, and the priest would have said, well, we need to pray about this. We need to, we need to, or he would have went to his dad, and his dad would have told him, are you crazy? We don't have a battle plan. We don't have this. We got two swords in the entire army. What you are going to attempt to do is crazy. What you're going to attempt to do is irrational. It doesn't make sense. Let me tell you, there are a lot of times when you step out and God gives you a plan, it ain't going to make sense. It's not going to be rational. It's not going to be some pretty little plan. That's why it's called faith. He knew that the only way out of it was to engage the enemy and to leave the results in God's hand. <laughs> That's all God's asking you to do. All he's asking you to do is to engage the enemy. All he's asking you to do is to step out and to say, you know what, devil? You either come out or I'm coming in after you. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what, folks. God's for you. Now, I'm talking to you as a believer today. I, I, I'm talking to you as a believer today. God's provided the way. He's provided the means. He's provided everything you need so that you don't have to live under the dominion of the enemy any longer. 
So he says, I'm, we're going up. Tell this armor bearer, let's go. We're going up. And so his armor bearer takes off with him. Now you read where it says, and I looked at pictures of this. He was outnumbered. Odds were stacked against him in the natural. What he was looking at was impossible. What he was going to do, two people, him and his armor bearer, that's it. And only one sword among them. The armor bearer, he's going up and he don't even have nothing to fight with. And it says that they were, they were it, was, it was, if you look at it, I looked at pictures of it. It's, it's a, a valley, a pass. And Jonathan and the armor bearer on one side, the Philistines are over here. They have their garrison over here on this side. And it was not going to be any easy task for him to engage the enemy. He did not wait for the enemy to come to him. He said, we're going after him. We're going after the enemy. And as you look at these two places, one, the, the one, they were like sharp rocks that went out like this. So he had to go up, down, scale this cliff, go across the valley, scale another cliff, come up to get to the to the, where the Philistines were. That wasn't going to be easy. The path to engage the enemy when he was going to do it, it was going to be difficult. One side of this kind was called Bozaz. Bozaz. It meant shiny, slick. The characteristic of chalky, crumbling rock. So that's what he was going to have to try to climb down. They said that, it, that when the sun shone, shined on it, it, was, it looked shiny, and it was, it was slick, and it was white. The other one was called Seneth, which is thorny. There were thick acacia trees, and those acacia trees had thorns on them. So he was going to have to fight his way through the thorns. It was not going to be easy for him to engage the enemy. But he had to leave the place he was in, which was dangerous in the first place, and then go through all of that to get to a place where he was going to engage the enemy, which is even a more difficult place. You see, when you and I decide we're going to engage the enemy, it ain't going to be easy. Engaging the enemy is not going to be some cakewalk. You see, when we engage the enemy, we're going to have to face and look at ourselves and say, what am I doing that is allowing this domination and this dominion to continue? What am I doing that's allowing this to go on? It may be hard to come to grips with because it means we've got to take an honest look at our lives and say, hmm, what am I doing about this? What am I doing that's causing this? What am I doing that's allowing the enemy to be able to do this? We have to do that. We have to, in order to defeat the enemy, we have to look at the things in our own lives, folks, and we have to address them. And we have to take a good, serious look at our life. And we have to come to some, some conclusions. I don't want to stay here anymore. I'm done living here. But I have to do some things. I have to change some things. I have to make some adjustments. Man, we said this 
when we were we were preaching on 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 more excellent way of love, we get the dumbest idea about correction. Correction is not punitive. Correction is not to punish you. Correction is not to make you feel bad. Correction is nothing more than adjustment. That's all it is. And I used the example when I was teaching about a GPS and the car. A GPS, when you get in your car and you put in something, tell that GPS something, it has three purposes. It has the number one purpose of telling you where you need to go and showing you the way to go. It has the, it has the, 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 the whatever it's called, to warn you if things are going to be in your way. And it has the third thing is to do is it tells you when you're going the wrong way. When you, when you miss your turn, it doesn't look at you and say, hey, stupid, you missed your turn. How could you have done that? I had it right here on the screen for you. <laughs> I, I, said in, I said when we were teaching this, that may, voice may be coming from somewhere else in the car, but it's not from your GPS. <laughs> Fellas, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but see, that, 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 the whole purpose of that GPS is to get you where you're going, show you the way to go, and then tell you when you're going the wrong way. Guys, that's all correction is. That's all correction is. That's all it is. When we get off the path... Holy Spirit says, no, 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 you're going the wrong way. You need to make this correction. And you need to get back so we can get you where you need to go. Got to hurry. We have to be willing to take a look at our own lives and accept the correction that comes from the Lord. Because he's not correcting us just to punish us. He's not correcting us just to make us feel bad. He's not correcting us just to show us how wrong we are. He's correcting us because he loves us. And he's trying to get us to heaven. And he's trying to get us into a full and the fullness of what he has for us. Hallelujah. And then what did Jonathan do? He said, we're going we're gonna to go up and engage the enemy. And let's just see what God will do. Man, that seems like a simple statement, doesn't it? But it is such a faith statement. We're going to do what we need to do, and then let's just see what God does. What did he say there? He said, it may be the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by few or by many. What a great statement. Let's see what God will do. 
See, Jonathan understood something. There's no restrictions on God. There's nothing that hinders God. There's nothing that will hinder him. Folks, everything that you need to come out from under the enemy's dominion, he has already provided for you. It is already inside of you. You're a believer. You have, you have the resurrection power of Christ living in you. You have the nature, the character of Christ inside of you. Everything you need is right here already. God's not concerned with the how. God's concerned with the who. God's not concerned with the how it's going to get done. He already knows what's needed for victory. Man, when you started in that and that bondage was in your life, before you were ever created, before you ever came into existence, before time began, he saw you in that and he provided a way at that moment for you to come out of it. What he's interested is in the who. Who's going to stand? Who's sick and tired of the bondage? Who's going to believe me? Who's ready to do something? Who's had enough? Who's ready to come out? <laughs> Listen, that's all he's waiting for. Is somebody that understands this is my time. This is my day. This is the time I'm coming out. This is the day I'm coming out. I'm coming out of this. I'm making the decision. This is your decision to make. Nobody can make it for you. There isn't a preacher in the land that is good enough to bring you out of your bondage. The only one that can bring you out and decide, make that decision to come out of that is you and no one else. God's not considered, and he's not concerned with the how. He's concerned with the who. Who's going to do it? Who's going to come out? That's the question to you this morning. Who's going to come out? Who's ready to come out? Who's tired of the hog smell? Who's tired of grinding the mill blind and being led by a little kid? Who's tired of seeing the giant scream at you? Who's tired of looking at the giant before you? Who's tired of watching the giant defy the God that has created you and that has saved you? Who's, who is it? Who's it going to be? Time to stand up, engage the enemy, and see what God will do. And then we're going to cut, we're close with this. When all that happened, you read where God intervened, where God stepped in. Things began to shape, shake. Things began to shake when somebody finally said, enough of this. This stops today. No more. Listen, when you decide that you're going to come out, when you get so sick and tired of the dominion of the enemy in your life that you say, I'm coming out, all of heaven steps in behind you 
and victory is sure and imminent. Oh, come on. You missed, you missed a good place to shout right there. Friend, when, when you say it's enough, you know what, and just, this is just me. I think when, when, when Jonathan did this and he, and he made that first step, and they went up and they started killing Philistines, and the Philistines were so shook, they didn't know where all the dead bodies were coming from. It says that they trembled. The enemy trembles. He shakes in his boots. When you make that declaration, devil, I don't care what it takes. I don't care. I don't care what I have to do. I am coming out. And I am not going back. I imagine when this happened, it says that there was a great shaking in the earth. You know what I think happened? That God in heaven was watching all of this. And when he saw Jonathan start out, he stood up and he began to clap his hands. And he said, finally, somebody gets it. Finally, somebody understands it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it done. I thought about the story, and we're going to close with this. In 2 Kings, it's, it's another tremendous story. And it's, Israel was under, they were under siege, man. They were eating donkey heads. They were boiling their kids and eating it. And it says that there were four lepers that were just outside the, the gate. They couldn't go into the city because they weren't allowed there. And so these four lepers are sitting there, and they go, well, if we go back into the city, we're going to die. If we stay here, we're going to die. How about we go down and engage the enemy and see what happens? And so they started down the road, going toward the enemy's camp. Some of you know the story. It says, it says that when those four guys started out, that those, that enemy that had, that was, that was besieging Israel, they said, what is that? We hear chariots. We hear horsemen. We hear soldiers. And there's a lot of them. And it says they didn't stop to pack. They didn't stop to pick anything up. They didn't, they took off. Boom, they were gone. And these four lepers, they walk into camp, and they're wondering, where'd the enemy go? Where'd they all go? You see, they couldn't hear what the enemy was hearing. Come on, you got to get this. When you step out in faith, and when you begin to come to the place where you're saying this, I'm done with this, and you start to make steps of faith, you don't hear what the enemy hears. Oh, come on. You don't hear what the enemy hears. You don't see what the enemy sees. Because what the enemy hears is the, the armies of the living God getting in set behind you and saying, let's go. Let's get it done. Yeah. Hallelujah. Man, guys, God is for you. 
Don't let the enemy lie to you any longer. Don't let the enemy keep you in bondage that God never intended for you to be in. He is here to set you free. Some of you are going to get deliverance this morning. Some of you are going to begin to walk in a place that you've never walked in because this is what's happening. The Holy Spirit is stirring up in your heart this morning. I have had enough, and I'm not going back. I'm done with this. And God's going to set you free this morning. God's going to deliver you. God's going to bring you out. And God's going to do a work in your life. And you're going to know freedom like you have never known it. Don't think just because you're a Christian that you can't live under the bondage of the enemy. Don't you think that because you gave your heart to the Lord that you don't have to battle this stuff. Oh, yes, you do. And oh, yes, you will. But we need a little Jonathan anointing. We need a little Jonathan in us that says, mm-mm, mm-mm. Do you know, and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to close with this. <laughs> really, I am. <laughs> Understanding how much power you have. That when you make that determination that you're going to come out, that there is not a devil in hell that can stop you. Remember the story of Jesus when he, when he was dealing and he went and they came on the shore and the, uh, the, the, the demoniac came running toward him. I, 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 I read this not too long ago and I, it, I had an epiphany on this. You know what an epiphany is? That, that's just a smart way of saying the light bulb came on. <laughs> it says, it says, if, if you read it right, that this man comes tearing down to see Jesus. And he comes, and he's got thousands of demons in him. What they should have been saying is, let's get out of here. Let's don't, we don't want to get anywhere near this guy. But his authority was so that even the demons realized that they had to come and worship him. And instead of propelling the guy away from the Lord, they propelled him toward Jesus. They propelled him into his deliverance because they couldn't stop him. There's not a devil in hell that can stop you when you decide and you make the decision, I'm coming out. I'm not living here anymore. I'm not going to live under this bondage anymore. I'm going to be free. I'm going to be free. Don't you want to be free? Aren't you, aren't you tired of seeing the enemy wreak havoc in people's lives? I was dealing with somebody just maybe a month ago, and they made that statement to me. I am tired of seeing, sick and tired of seeing the enemy do this. You know what I told them? I said, okay, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Don't wait for God to move because God's, not, God's waiting for you to move. 
God's waiting for you to make the determination. God's waiting for you to step out. I'm coming out. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I don't care what it, I don't care what it is. I don't care what thing the devil uses to keep you suppressed. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. God's saying, you make the step. You step out. You let the enemy know. It's on now, brother. We're, 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 we're coming out, and I'm not going back. The God says, okay, let's do it. Let's get it done. And you know what? Deliverance, victory is sure and imminent. Hallelujah. 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 God is not concerned with the how. He's concerned with the who. Who's had enough? Who's had enough? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.